self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i'm calamity red and we're conversation con artists back for another episode by the time you get this it's gonna be late uh because this is the early morning we're recording last minute and we are tired <laughs> so we probably sound like it. you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and i can be found at red underscore calamity also we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show so if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show you can send it to our gmail account which is conversation artist at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Call Artists, and send it to us that way. If you find Reddit posts that you would like for us to read, you can also send in those. Try to take a screen cap because people have a tendency to delete their Reddit posts. Yeah, because they get buyer's remorse. Well, either on. that or they know their significant other is also on Reddit and they're afraid they're going to see it. And well, they, be doing shit, they be doing shit like saying, you know, I'm doing this as a throwaway account because I don't want my partner to find out. And then they say some shit that's super specific. Yeah. Like, that's definitely me. Yeah. Which is why they end up deleting them. So, yeah. Like, the juicier the post is, the more likely that it will not be there later. <laughs> so, make sure you take a screen cap. We got some letters. Yay. I'm drinking coffee, so hopefully at some point <laughs> it kicks in. We got a letter from Cliff. Which oh. is Rockman3k3 at the Nerd Plate Podcast. Hey, Rockman. He also has Virtuous Armaments Podcast that uh, y'all should check out. Um, but he'll he'll tell us about it in here. Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you're both doing well and I miss you guys. Just want to say that both of you guys are doing an amazing job with the show and the Reddit posts are everything, especially Red Calamity's Red's Calamity levels when she responds to some of them. Priceless. <laughs> also, as both of you know, I recently went through a breakup and I'm dealing with heartbreak. I think I'm doing okay in terms of handling it and trying to reconcile with my own feelings about the peaceful breakup, but I was wondering what do you recommend in terms of exercises of best practices when dealing with heartbreak? Eventually, I'm going to see a therapist after things are better and I find a job, but right now my main focus is on finding another job during this pandemic. Also, on the bad days in terms of feeling sorrow, is there anything I can do to stop myself from feeling so down? I am okay, though. I'm just taking it one day at a time, focusing on my projects and finding work. What are you guys playing right now? What game do you play and what games do you want to play in the future? If you guys didn't become therapists, what other career would you have done? Instead, Red, you were spot on when you talked about Kanye West. That dude is completely insane and needs help instead of hype people and hype beasts. Mr. On Point, your observation of the political stratosphere surrounding the Democratic Party is spot on, and I agree with you on the sentiment. I love the show and keep conning the combo. Your guy from the podcast squad, Rockman3k3. Please check out the Nerd Plate every Tuesday and check out the Virtuous Armaments podcast that stars the illustrious Calamity Red as Nina every Thursday. <laughs> I did do a voiceover for it. <laughs> so if you want to hear my bad acting, check it out. <laughs> Um, heartbreak is sucky, man. Yes, trash. Um, I 
I haven't been through it. So I think the last time I actually had like a heartbreak, my defense mechanism was to like shelter myself. So now I don't really, when shit don't work out, I don't really give a fuck. By the time it gets to where it's not working out, I've already realized that it wasn't working out and I already like pulled back my feelings. So like by the time it ends, I'm just like, okay. So I'm a very detached ass person, so which is not healthy. <laughs> I just I don't know too. how to I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> I am too. I may have this burst of, oh shit, what I expected to happen didn't happen. Yeah. I fucked up and then or they fucked up and, and now I'm fucked up. Um but then it's it's like a intense burst of that experience and then it's back to all right, time to move on. Yep. <laughs> and then that's it. That's it for, for me. But we're uh, both emotionally compromised. Compromised people. So, you know, from a therapist's point of view, I guess is how we'll have to do this. Because, like, from a personal point of view, you know, I was just dating this guy that I didn't really talk about because it never got to a point where I need to talk about it. But I think I maybe mentioned it. I don't know. Anyway, that shit didn't work out. And I was just like, yeah, because by the time it finally fizzled out, I was already, like, done. So it wasn't, like, an upset <laughs> But again, I'm emotionally compromised. So I guess I have to put my therapist hat on for this question. All right, put it on. What's your input? Therapist-wise, you know, breakups are always a good time for self-reflection. I think focusing on what, you know, what you learned from that specific situation and using that or you know moving forward what you liked what you didn't like what you think you could have done better um i think is the more healthy way because you know going back and forth with yourself about all the things you did a lot of people like internalize breakups right so they make it all about them and everything that they did wrong and how they could have done better but Sometimes shit just don't work out. Um, so I'm all for self-reflection. What did you learn? Everything in life is is an experience where you can gather information about yourself and about the people around you. So that that would be the approach that I would say take. Um, you already have things that you're involved in. You know, you're doing your podcast and working on your different projects. So keeping yourself busy so that you don't lament <laughs> over the broken relationship. Thankfully, yours seemed like it ended peacefully. So that makes it a little better, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I was working with a client that had uh, depression or whatever was going on from something like this, let's not call it depression because uh, and not be down to that point. You don't have to get to that point. But it can if you don't take care of yourself in terms of continuing to do the things that you enjoy. Um, and that's called behavioral activation. When you're when somebody is in depression, 
they stop doing the things they enjoy. They stop writing. They stop watching their TV shows. They stop hanging out with their friends. Um, they stop recording their podcasts. They stop playing their games. And it deactivates all of it. Like depression deactivates all of these behaviors. Um, well, those behaviors, once you do them, start to reactivate your mood and your feelings and your positivity. Um, so the idea is don't stop doing the things you enjoy because you don't want to deactivate your mood down into sadness and more depression. Uh, the best thing you can do for this moment is reflect and know that, you know, you're worth somebody finding you, uh, one, you know, that can value you, that can that you can show them how your love looks. You know that that's possible. People are out there who value you. So it's about looking forward to finding that next person that you can explore that with. Um, but working on yourself right here at this moment, not letting yourself whittle down. Um, that's one thing that I would say, do even if you just start doing things that you're not used to doing. Um, Healthy so, things. Don't, um, don't start doing crack. Yeah, don't don't start doing crack. We all know that's Red's go-to. It's not. Wrong. made it become my go-to because every time... <laughs> see, y'all don't get to see this, but every time we are planning something in our little group chat, if it's at my house, he always asks about crack. I don't know why. You do know why. Because I do not know why. on the episode... You was going through some shit, and you said, "See, I understand why people go start smoking crack." You didn't say weed. You didn't say what. Well, you didn't say hookah. You just went straight to crack. This is why you get that. <laughs> this is why, because you identified that crack is the go-to when shit go bad for you. Okay, <laughs> you gonna be smoke sucking the glass dick. That's what they say, right? Oh Jesus, I don't even know where to get crack from. <laughs> I bet people who go through some bad shit find out real fast. I guess. I mean, I do work in the hood. It couldn't be that hard to find. Sure, I could find it around East Lake. Anyhow, all, look, all you gotta do is ask people at work who got that loud. They gonna say it, and then you call that person, and then you ask them what else they got outside of that loud, and there you go. They know the crackhead. They know the crack dealers, but. We're not doing that. What we're doing is new we're healthy thing. <laughs> on top of continuing to do the things you already do, find some new things to do. Find some new things to like. Uh, and go spend some time in nature. You know, get out of the house. Put on some off. Spray yourself up with the mosquito uh, repellent. And just go enjoy something. Something different. You know? Um... But you're part of the podcast squad, so if you need somebody to be around and hang out with, holler at your boy. As long as you ain't coughing and sneezing, then we good. <laughs> we good. Um, again, you know, yeah, definitely find a therapist. Um, that's definitely one of the lists. Um, but th those are things that you should do. I think that you're going to feel down. Um, I don't know the way you write and the way you talk, you're probably just shy of an empath. If you don't consider yourself that, uh, and I feel that you, you have a very strong connection with an emotional experience. Um, so you're going to feel it, you know, but what, what a person who has 
a strong connection to the emotional does is they channel that energy into positivity. And so try to do that, you know, as best you can uh, along with all that extra stuff. Um, what am I playing right now? What games am I playing right now? Okay. So, oh, what you did you have something else ready? No, I was just going to say I'm still just playing The Sims. <laughs> okay. When I play. We know you're playing The Sims. So, I'm playing <laughs> a game called Undermine. It's on Xbox Game Pass. It's it's just a weirdly fantastic game where you are part of this endless squad of miners and you go down into the mine to try to figure out this problem and when you die you your character is dead but they send another miner down in your place but after you collect items and defeat enemies and do things it's already collected it's people trapped in the dungeon that you can help get out and they you know end up being shopkeepers or doing some kind of skill for you it's a fun what game enemies do you have in a mind is this it's like a so, it sounds like the story is that because you know they making comments when you start off there's this old gandalf looking motherfucker in the damn uh the lobby area and he's like hey you fucking peasant like he's talking dirty to your ass hey you fucking peasant i don't know what this shaking is going on from the mind but you need to take your ass down there and check that shit out or I beat your ass. <laughs> now he don't say this, but this is the tone that I get from it because they don't, they ain't talking. It's just like dialogue on the screen. But every time you unlock somebody, uh, I can't think of his name. Azatan. Let's say his name is Azatan. Every time I unlock somebody, uh, they be like, I can't wait to talk to Azatan, bitch ass. And then they go up there to talk to him. <laughs> And then I unlock another person. They said, boy, Azatan gonna have my ass for this one. And then they go up there and I'm like, man, what the fuck? They don't like Azatan, but I don't know what's going on, but that motherfucker, he he tripping. So everybody else who get who went down into the dungeon, Azatan apparently sent them without no no idea of sending help or none of that shit. And now they all about dead. <laughs> but I'm saving them. And every time I save them as a new person, they always be like, hey, you a new person. <laughs> what happened to the person that saved me? <laughs> they must be dead. That's what they keep saying. They must be fucking locked up or dead. Uh, I'm playing Grounded, which is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids resource gathering game. You start off in your backyard with like supersized ass blades of grass and hot dogs dropped in the backyard and juice boxes dropped back. And you got to like drink and eat and build a base and kill animals and it's just a resource gathering game you got to kill animals to make these different things and go on these different excursions to find this different fucking like this kind of berry or this kind of different kind of grass or weed or dandelion or some shit to, to do different things um and as the usuals apex legends and call of duty uh and rocket league Rock Undermine and Rocket League are my phone games. These are games I play when I'm on the phone. So, so if I'm talking to somebody on the phone, they're just mindless games to play. Uh, you can't do that with Apex and, and Call of Duty. You need to communicate. Or, and you need your headset on so you can hear people walking up on you and shit. <laughs> um, yeah. And what game I want to play in the future right now? Uh, fucking Gotham Knights. That shit looks so good. Have you played any of the Batman Arkham games? Red. 
the Arkham Asylum. Man, that I I've always liked that series, even though I hadn't full full with the last two of them because I've been on like a game purchasing hiatus or some shit. I don't know. I ain't been buying no damn games. I bought Mortal Kombat because it was on a super duper sale. Um, but full price shit, I don't buy full price games no more. And if it ain't coming down quick, then I ain't buying it. But last game I bought was um, Dark Siders Genesis. Yeah. And it's on the Game Pass. It's on fucking Game Pass now. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that shit when it came out. If you guys didn't become therapists, what other career would you have done instead? I wanted to be an FBI profiler. I've always had... I'm not going to say I have had an interest in, like, serial killers, but just the human behavior um, has always been something that interested me. So... I wanted to kind of be, if y'all ever seen the show Criminal Minds, I wanted to be that. So if I wasn't a therapist, that would probably be what I would be doing. Um, I If I would have went down my, my original path, I would be a, I'd be an engineer. Okay. An engineer? Yeah. I started off at Auburn as a, uh, under engineer undergrad. I cannot see you do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I started off in my childhood when I was like 13 years old. I got my first computer and I kept taking it apart and putting it back together. And that's just, I mean, I, I took our washing machine apart when I was young and put it back together. I can see, I just, I don't know. I just, even knowing that you do that, and I know that you, even now, you fiddle with stuff, but I can't see you as an engineer, though. Yeah, I mean, that's that why I didn't become one. <laughs> because the personality of engineers ain't really vibrant as what it seems like I am. <laughs> I can't say that I am, but it, it at least seems like I am. Because um, you can see me as a criminal profiler? Say what? As a profiler. What about as a profiler? Because you have seen me as a profiler. Yes. All them dickhead profilers that be on them shows. Why would I have to be a dickhead? <laughs> All the FBI motherfuckers is dickheads. <laughs> Wait till they get on a police scene. <laughs> Every single one of them. As soon as they walk up to a police gun, hey, bitches, this is our crime scene now. Sit the fuck, stand the fuck down. <laughs> It'd always be a black dude that sounds just like that. Stand the fuck down. Yeah, you have to be a dickhead. Because you always in front of people that you got to explain the shit that's going on. Yeah, true. That's just yeah. how it works. I probably would have been a dickhead. But, um, and I think that's why I watch so much ID Channel. That shit still really interests me. Like, so instead, I became a therapist who just watches ID channel shows all the time. And is suspicious of everyone and everything. You can still do it. Hmm? You can still do it. I could, but the path to getting there is just it's too much. <laughs> the FBI, like, they, so I got a criminal justice undergraduate because that was the plan. Didn't really research the shit, which always, anybody that's young enough to be determining what you're going to get your major in, make sure 
that whatever the job is, you research that shit so you know what you actually need to do. Because I was just assuming criminal justice, law enforcement, FBI. They don't want criminal justice majors in the FBI. They get psychology majors. They get accounting people. They get, like, the degrees that they take are not degrees that you would expect. And I would have known that had I actually researched the fucking job Mm. (laughs) instead of assuming. So at this point, well, I got a master's in counseling now. It might be a little bit easier for me. I don't know. But um, I think I'm just going to stick to doing therapy and watching ID channel. Okay with that. Okay. Let that work for you instead of against you. (laughs) I uh, appreciate the letter, Cliff. Thank you. Rockman 3K3. Uh, we got another letter from Randy. Yay, Randy. Um, I'm kind of scared. I feel like we did a good job of answering her letter, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, a couple hand-painted cards and a couple of prints are finally in the mail. I blame COVID. I have paintings in the works that are more personalized. I'm an artist equals I smoke too much weed and have no time on table to get accustomed. <laughs> uh, I should have also mentioned before that my little stories from t- were from 10 to 20 years ago. Apparently, shit hasn't changed in the country. Also, calling my buddy, my nigga, uh, on, on the letter it said niggy, and we couldn't figure out what that was, was from the 90s, and the cultural vibe felt like you had to get clearance, LOL. For sure, I'd never just say that. It's like a black Tinkerbell anointed you as one of us where I didn't need to check my audience before they knew what's up. Saying we're all the same is BS. It's just not true. We have different realities. Not saying it's okay, but it should be internalized. Most people currently in my current environment are not to blame, but talking about it makes all at all makes white people super nervous. Denial is fucking rude and is a double down on the bullshit. Anyway, like I said, I don't know many black people and it takes a minute to establish a connection before any discussion can even take place. My super black friend, yeah, that's what I called him because most of my black friends were just genetically black but also tried to distance themselves from that culture. Annoying to me. My buddy Kojo did put his absent dad on a pedestal, which kind of annoyed me because his mom did the same, did the damn thing. Kojo was still a good friend. We hung out a lot and worked together. It probably looked like we were dating and I got crazy looks from people. Before that, I would have argued that racism isn't a big deal anymore. The way people looked at me, oh my God, if he wasn't there and it would point it out even more and he would be more embarrassed, I would have freaked the fuck out. How dare you? I can ramble on forever. I love the podcast. I think y'all cleverly told a dangerous line and when white people is said, they know who they are. If they're talking shit, <laughs> it's because it's a little too close to home. Everyone in their, Everyone is the hero on their own epic journey. I hate apologizing, but also don't like to ramble talk, taking too much time. I think Whitey just need to eat some good collard greens, that weird pork nugget included, obviously. Fried green tomatoes and fried chicken. Later, the leftover chicken make chicken and dumplings. I see. I have to feel validated, and that's fuck, fucking weird. Anyway, hope you enjoy the art. Um, Randy. I'm excited about the art your camera went out to, Eddie. Okay. I'm excited about the art. Um, because I saw, uh, did she send us pictures? I think. No, and, uh, we went to her Instagram. I went to her Instagram. Yeah, she's very talented. She has and some good so, shit on there. Yeah, 
So I'm excited to see what she sent us. Um, I'm glad it comes across as us towing that line finally because, you know, it's hard to tell. And I don't think, honestly, I don't really think we give a shit if we are or we aren't. We just kind of talk how we <laughs> how yeah. we feel. And so it's it's nice to know that in the midst of doing that, it doesn't come across too harshly because that's not the goal or the point. Um, so we got some messages behind the shit we talk. Yeah. You know, what is his name? What's the guy's name? That's the blackest shit I've ever heard. What was his name? Kojo. Kojo. Shit. <laughs> it's a black ass name. <laughs> I don't think there I've is, ever met a Kojo. There is something that I've said on the podcast, Randy, that's really rude to white people, but I'm going to say it again. Um, since you're the first per- white person to write in. I feel like white people have seasoned mouths, <laughs> which is why they don't use any seasoning. Now, clearly, you grew up in an environment where you probably had more black food than you would than a white person normally would have had, you know. But I, that's just disrespectful. There's no reason for me to have said that, but I believe it. Uh, I don't even. Okay. They are born with their mouths seasoned at 75%. So all they need is a sprinkle of salt and a sprinkle of pepper, and they're good. We are born with no season in our mouths. And so it's like you buy a cast iron skillet sometimes, and they already be seasoned. That's how white people's mouths are when they're born. I don't even know that it's that. I feel like... (laughs) Because everything, and this is, you know, I'm black, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a little biased. Everything that we do is seasoned, though. Like, even not just food to the point where you have white people that that try to take on our mannerisms and shit. Like, we just fucking cool. Like, I just don't know that on their own, <laughs> they're as cool as we are. Like, I don't know if y'all seen the video. So the thing now for people to say is it's the, for me, like, um, I don't know. I wish it's, I'm always so awkward with giving examples of things. Like if you're reading a, um, a meme or something and you said it's the, it's the messed up half of me. Like that's what's bothering me about this. Like it's the, for me. That is like the new thing that people are saying. And there's this video going around of this white couple saying that shit. And it just takes away all the fucking cool. Like, it is cringy. It's hard to watch that video. (laughs) And they're doing and saying exactly the same shit. It just don't come across the same. And so I don't even think it's just the mouths that are are, uh, seasoned. You know, we we season everything, behaviors. You know, we set trends. Like, yeah. What's a trend that a, that white people have set? Colonizing. <laughs> I was Wait, no. Other people positive. have to do it to be a trend, and they only do it. So they only do that. Um, not colonizing. Uh, so what is a popular trend that, I don't know. That white people have come up with. 
So it needs to be something that's not connected to power. It needs to just be something general. Yeah, like we we have all kind of shit that trends all the time. So just something regular. I can't even think of anything. Like shit that trends it be from us. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like I'm really trying to. Anybody listening, if you if you know of something that we're not thinking of, please please let us know. But I can't think of shit. <laughs> A trend that white people have created that other people have joined in on that trend yeah. about. Yeah. I, no idea. I can't think of that though. Um. Uh, but that being said, uh, <laughs> I, you know, being aware of a, another group's quirks because I'm just going to call them quirks. Um, and understanding, that's one thing. Another thing is understanding their experience. And uh, as a white people, learning a black person's experience is a lifelong journey. For a man, learning a woman's journey or uh, experience is a lifelong journey. For a straight person, Learning the LGBTQ community's experience is a lifelong journey. Same for straight, uh, able-bodied people. Um, learning the plight of persons with disabilities is a lifelong journey. Uh, if any group that's oppressed, if you want to understand their experience, it is a lifelong journey. It is a journey filled with looking back at your previous behavior and saying that was fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Um, I want to be inclusive of people. And I think the hard part is that it's what I say about, you know, there's a lot of old school white people that say shit like, well, you know, everybody's sensitive and everybody's getting offended by all this shit today. You know, you never should have been able to say the shit you've been saying. People were always offended. They just couldn't say shit about being offended because nobody cared. There wasn't a platform to do so where you would be listened to. People are always offended. This shit ain't new. Like, black people aren't just now offended by this bullshit. They were always offended. Yeah, say for Latino community, everything that you're saying to everybody, it's always been a problem, but the people who had the power could say what they want to say. So, Nobody is overtly uh, uh, sensitive now. We're not just overly sensitive. It's just motherfuckers are ready to speak out. Motherfuckers are ready to say, man, that shit ain't right. You know, but it, it's crazy that the rhetoric is painted as if motherfuckers today just started feeling this way. You know, that's that's a problem. And, uh, and it's a lifelong journey for all of us who are, are not members of a group that's oppressed. And and remember, at the end of that journey, all you're going to be, even if you're standing on the front lines of somebody else's uh, freedom of 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 breaking down the oppression that they breaking in, if, even if you're on the front lines of that, at best, you as a person outside of that culture can only be a a, a shadowed figure that's nameless that's standing in the very back of their progress. Um, and that's the best it can be, you know, and, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intention. It is. It really don't matter how 
well-intended we are when we speak. It really don't matter how if we say something or make a joke that we didn't mean to offend or our intention wasn't to offend. It was just to be funny. It's doing it at the cost of somebody's humanity. And, you know, I've chosen the pathway of acknowledging and recognizing other people's humanity and living in a way that is a, is a disciplined way of living in terms of trying my best to monitor how I respond to and reference those people. So uh, you having these conversations, Randy, is just a part of that journey. And, you know, I guess if you have no other black people to ask what you want to ask with no bounds on it, um, then continue to write us and ask us and talk about what you want to. Um, and, you know, we'll go from there. Indeed. Uh, we got a letter from Colin. Well, and it was, sure. it's a listener letter addendum. It says, listening letter addendum, exclamation point. Uh, don't worry, Red. My meat-inspired pun is on the way. Oh, wondering, <laughs> wondering if y'all mind watching this. It's long, I know, and providing thoughts next episode. Uh, this is a Twitter link to Ice Cube, and he's basically saying, "Okay, vote Trump out." Basically saying the Democratic National Convention went on, went on. Everybody raising their hands. Everybody like, "Yay, Biden! Yay, Kamala! Everybody's happy!" Whoa, yeah. Um, and he basically said, okay, now we vote Trump out. Trump is gone. Democratic Party and said, now what? What do we get? Black community, what do we get out of this shit? You know? And, and that's the question of the day. What the fuck do black people get with all of this going on? Um, I, I have a, uh, Instagram account called In the Black of My Mind. And it's supposed to be a a collection of conversations that we need to have in the black community. Uh, it's a segment that I do on a local radio show here. And I had a conversation with a buddy of mine. I can't take credit for it. And I'm not even sure if I even talked about it on this show. I may have. But the way that he framed it is that the Democratic the black vote has been the side chick to the Democratic Party for some time now. And they don't want to be seen with us in public. Um, they make us promises that they don't fulfill. And in return, they expect our loyalty, even though we ain't getting nothing back from them. And so... I fully understand the sentiment that Ice Cube is creating. Another thing that my friend said is that in order for me to feel comfortable giving them my vote, I need them to kiss me in the mouth in public and proclaim that they here for me. That side chick shit has got to go. And my friend is a uh, he's a black culture loyalist, if, if I'm going to put it like that. Um, because he really don't care about the the logistics or the political correctness of politicians where, you know, they don't get out there and say, hey, black folks, this is for you. 
he don't care. He need them motherfuckers to say black folks, this shit is for you. Uh, the way politics works is that, you know, if you buy what they selling, because they got to tend to everybody, they can't say we're going to give you this specific thing. But there's instances in history where you can point out politicians saying cultures, we're going to give you this specific thing. And um, so I understand the sentiment that, that Ice Cube is making. Uh, I don't. I think the way that he was making it was post Trump is gone. What I don't like is that outside of him, there are a lot of people that are making this argument as a reason to ask why we should why should we vote now? Like why should we vote now? When that what y'all gonna give us? You know, and the problem with that is it don't take into account that a lot more shit that we don't have can be taken the fuck away. You know, getting your freedom took away by going to jail ain't the last thing that can happen. You can get your ass beat by the police in that motherfucker every day. And then that ain't the worst thing that can happen because you can get your ass beat by the police every day and raped by somebody. You know? There's <laughs> a lot, like, shit can get worse. Like, it's not like we have the luxury of not voting, letting Trump stay in, and that proving some kind of shit. That ain't gonna happen. I mean, we, the black community, of the black community that votes, which is a small portion of the black community, we still ain't got, we ain't been getting nothing. And a large portion of us haven't been voting. So us not voting now, it's just going to be looked at all oh, them just niggas, me and niggas. Not voting and shit. We have to, one, get people in power that we can leverage shit from. And we need to make it known that that shit is being leveraged. Just not participating is not what the definition of leverage is. That does not create leverage. It just leaves a hole that they figure out how to feel some other way. They don't, like, if they were interested in getting all the black people to vote, they would have been catering to us. They got enough. But the reality is, if Donald Trump continues to do his bid in the White House, we're not going to get somebody we can even hold accountable for something. Um, Because Trump is a base loyalist. He's only loyal to his base. Um, Joe Biden is probably ain't gonna survive this goddamn term. Yeah, not psychologically, I don't think. I mean, if we made that argument for Trump, I don't know how we can't make that argument for Biden. I argue that Trump too old to survive <laughs> this fucking term. Look like he is, but Biden, he old as fuck. But Kamala Harris. HBCU graduate. That's what we got in here. I think that we got to get people in that we can figure out how to hold them accountable. That's what we got to do. And Ice Cube sentiment is one that should spark a conversation about what do we need to do to get this shit cracking? What are our fucking demands? What do we want? Uh, on the radio show this week, I had to talk about the idea that we as a culture investigate 
what is fucking us up as a community. Now, we know the jail system is fucking us up. We know that we're overrepresented in the jails. And we also know that uh, uh, Biden got a plan for the jail system because, you know, a big criticism of his is that he... um, He's a part of that 94 crime bill that started all that shit. He's a part of it. So he got to have a plan for that. What else? Uh, Redlining. We don't get fair treatment when it comes to the housing. He got a plan for that. I know motherfuckers don't want to hear that, you know, rising tide lifts all boats type shit, you know. But that's what we got now, motherfuckers. We, this is the country we got. It ain't as far and as uh, progressive as we believe it is to think that we can just not vote and people be like, oh, we need black people back. They ain't never needed us for shit. Never. So to believe that just not participating now is somehow going to equal, you know, them realizing what we ain't, you know, what we haven't been doing and that they need to give us stuff now for that, 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 that's just not the country we got. That's not how we gonna get it. So, that's my response to the Ice Cube video. You know, Red don't be on that pop political shit, so. I do not. So, uh, thank y'all for sending those letters. And, uh, what you got, Red? Oh, so, we have a boyfriend that's resentful of his girlfriend because she got raped. We have an Asian woman whose boyfriend wants her to be more kawaii, which I'm going to need you to explain to me what kawaii is because I really I have an idea, but I don't know. Um, a cheating-ass husband. And an interesting LGBTQ question. A uh, cheating-ass husband. Cheating-ass husband. And I don't be understanding how folks just... Okay, let me read it. (laughs) So she's 28 and her husband is 30. And the title is, I have proof my husband has been having an affair with a mutual friend. Do I confront them or shall I just file for divorce quietly? Quietly? I don't be understanding how you sit on this kind of shit, but I digress. Uh, My husband has been having an affair with our friend Emma. I suspected something was off ever since lockdown began, but last week I finally found proof. Before lockdown began, my husband was working increasingly long hours and was becoming increasingly more distant. We barely saw each other because he would wake up before I did and not come home until after I was already asleep. On the weekends, he would go out with friends, and when I asked to come, he always shut it down, saying they were doing things I wouldn't enjoy. Then lockdown began, and he had to work from home, and I finally started to notice how nasty he had become to me. He was constantly criticizing everything I did. His favorite meal wasn't cooked right. The shows I watched were annoying. I took too long in the shower. I wore grandma clothes. I never asked him how his day was. It was endless criticism. We've had a dead bedroom ever since his hours started to increase, but I thought it would change now that we were home all day every day. It didn't. Whenever I tried to initiate, he would turn me down with a disgusted look or a rude remark. I finally snapped and told him I couldn't live like this anymore. If there was something wrong, he either had to tell me now or we should separate because I wasn't prepared to live like this. He started crying and apologizing and said he was sorry that the pandemic was getting to him and that he would try to be better. 
That night we were intimate for the first time in eight months. After he couldn't even look at me and he had such a guilty look on his face. He couldn't even make eye contact with me. He started avoiding me and hiding in his office. This is when I started suspecting there was someone else. And this was eight-ish weeks ago. I ended up finally snooping last week when he went to sleep. My husband is a heavy sleeper, so it was easy to use his fingerprint to unlock his phone. Damn, she lifted his hand and used his fingerprint. <laughs> wow. I found thousands of texts and emails between them. There was sexting and nudes from her. On the day we had been intimate, my husband had sent Emma a message telling her he couldn't do this anymore, that he didn't know what had overcome him, but he regretted everything that happened between them, and he was going to work on his marriage. He asked her not to contact him or me again. Emma sent him a message threatening to expose their affair to me. She claimed he was the love of her life and she couldn't live without him. My husband responded once to tell her I already knew everything so she could tell me if she wanted to, which I didn't. I took screenshots of everything and sent the proof to myself. I've been pretending everything is okay for the past week, whilst inside I feel like my heart has shattered into a million pieces. My husband has slowly started spending less time in his office, but the guilty look is still glued to his face. I never thought he could do this to me, especially not with someone who was supposed to be my friend. A part of me is so angry and I just want to scream and rage at them both. The more sensible part of me knows it won't be worth it, and it'll just give Emma the satisfaction she clearly wants. To make things more complicated, I just found out I'm pregnant. My husband doesn't know yet. The bachelor didn't even have the decency to wear a condom when he knew he was cheating. Is a confrontation even worth it? Shall I just file for divorce and get it over and done with? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Ain't gonna be no quietly, okay? Ain't no fucking quietly. My friend? Fuck that. Yes, confronting him and her isn't going to change the situation, but I will be goddamned if these two motherfuckers don't hear the wrath of Red about this shit. I, I just, I don't, how you sit on this? The night I found that shit, I would have rolled his motherfucking ass out of that goddamn bed. Okay, that would have been the beginning of the goddamn apocalypse. You hear me? I, how the fuck? How do people sit on this kind of shit? You're sitting around on this bomb of information and letting him walk around like shit is okay. And the friend. Fuck that shit. I don't know how y'all do it. I don't know, because there ain't no fucking way. There's no way I'm sitting on that. Soon as I fucking found out, it's over with. It's OV. It's going down. Like, what the fuck? No. Should you sit on it and quietly divorce them? Bitch, bye. No. <laughs> There's no way. Don't understand. I don't get it. Your camera froze again. So I can't see what you look like. If you can sit on it, you should. Shit. No. Why? What you mean, why? Why should you sit on it? Because you're going to get your ass Shawshank Redemption in this motherfucker. Who's going to get Shawshank Redemption? You. How am I going to get Shawshank Redemption? You know the beginning of Shawshank Redemption, Andy had his little pistol. Somebody came and shot that motherfucker while they was cheating. Andy had his pistol. He apparently didn't do it. But it is what it is. I'm just saying, you be acting like you your anger can go untouched. Like, you acting like you're definitely going to have a man that's going to sit there and take that shit. You, gonna, you may have a nigga that'll jump punch your ass and put your ass in the hospital after you got there and start to confront his shit. Like, because you're not going to stop. 
it no, could, I'm not. <laughs> it, it, and it ain't see. It would be different. It was a. I can't believe you would do this to me. We've shared so many moments. You are my best friend, and I just need you to get your shit and get out. No. You're going to be in there with a knife waving that shit around in front of his ass. See, that's why I don't fuck with crazy-ass motherfuckers like you. And you lucky I just got this knife in my hand because I don't roll your ass over and woke you up. I could have had the knife in your goddamn back. I'm doing you a favor. Why are you over <laughs> here fucking this bitch with no condom on? Because you know what? I'm pregnant with your fucking baby. Your bitch-ass motherfucker. And you'll never see a motherfucker. That motherfucker go, go two-piece your ass. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you go to jail because you're pregnant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what? You you be talking reckless as, enough to to, and, and you don't have any consideration. You don't be like now if he's somebody that's a fighter or that's big or that I think may hit me. I you gotta uh, catch all. I'm gonna go hard at this nigga. Period. That's what's gonna happen. And what? so I still can't see you for this lady. If you can hold it, then you should hold it. That's what I think. I don't think you have to confront this shit if you don't want to. You don't. I don't know how you. And it, he didn't just cheat. This ain't this ain't Becky at the office. This ain't this ain't some random bitch. This is a bitch that I call my friend. Both of them getting it. Like what? And talk about she gonna want to give Emma the satisfaction. Emma, if this is what satisfies Emma, if Emma is a motherfucking masochist, she about to have the time of her life. Because I'm going off on her, too. Mm. Emma I, probably a bigger threat than him. How Emma a bigger? Emma better sit her motherfucking ass down. Because this dude, he been hiding in the fucking office, number one, okay? So he ain't really about that shit. And he been looking all like a sad puppy dog and shit. He ain't about that life, but Emma, she out, she out here ready to expose this nigga. You think Emma ain't finna roll up to you with a pistol ready? <laughs> with all these screenshots? You think she ain't coming with the heat? <laughs> she don't know how you gonna respond? Emma coming I, I feel, deliver. So here's, here's the thing. I feel like whoever's married to me and my friend do know how I would respond. Because Emma and her are friends, and this ain't a stranger to her, so she knows. Emma knows the wife. So yeah. this would be somebody who knows me. I so, I feel like, no, she would know that this is how the fuck I would respond and react. Bitch, what? Like, I can't, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to sit on it. I just don't. I don't, I... <sighs> My anger will get the best of me. I just, there's no way I'm going to be fucking walking around the house with you. You looking guilty and shit. No, I can't. I don't, I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think I'd be able to. I know, we know you can't. <laughs> if you can be more methodical about how you respond to this, do it. Because she may need to start setting up, she may need to start siphoning money out this nigga check. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, once he deposits his, if y'all got a joint account, maybe she need to take a little bit out, boom. If he ain't the money handler, maybe she the money handler. You might, she might need to start figuring out how she gonna get some deposit going. She definitely gotta figure out if she got enough support to take care of a child on her own, if she gonna keep the child. You know, like, it's a lot of shit that motherfuckers gotta figure out. Because when you wake, when you flip his ass over and start punching his ass in the face, 
He gonna lock out that fucking bank account. <laughs> I mean, we got we don't know information. We don't know if she got her own money or not. Now we know you would have your own money, and you'd be able to either tell him to get your ass out or go somewhere immediately after that. We we know you'll have all that set up. Everybody ain't got that to be able to respond that way, Red. You wouldn't tell one of your clients to go hard like that. I wouldn't because, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would not. Know. I would tell them that it was best to. But I mean, but you you can tell them how you want to tell them on a on a Reddit letter, Red. Fuck that shit. Fuck him. Fuck her. At the end of the day, if you find out your partner's cheating on you, get the fuck out of there. Um, I don't know why you would stay if your partner is cheating on you. Um, I've talked about before that I'm in a um, consensually non-monogamous relationship and it's a lot of motherfuckers in non-monogamous relationships that just ain't consensual. <laughs> motherfuckers don't know it. People are fucking other people. Um, I'm not jaded enough to believe that everybody cheat because I ain't never cheated so and I know I ain't the only motherfucker that's never cheated. <laughs> so I know it's other people out there who have, haven't, you know, but don't let the red flags be in your face and you just be like avoiding them hoes. That's not smart. Let's do the uh, Japanese lady. The kawaii. Yeah. So you can explain to me what the fuck kawaii is. Because again, I kind of know. So, she's 27, the boyfriend's 27 as well. My boyfriend asked me to act more kawaii in the bedroom. I'm Asian and he's white. I don't want to shame his kink, but I also don't want to be fetishized. So, before I read this, what is kawaii? Kawaii is basically a Japanese culture of cuteness. Uh, like, like anime any kind of anime girl you see that kind of shit oh, like little blue skirt with the top on with it unbuttoned a little bit an animal backpack on like that is what it is it's like that the fetishized version of like african black <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's what it is but it, i mean I that ain't really asian culture that is just like a white person's perception of asian culture he's white so Okay. She says, we've been together for a little over a year now, and it's been going well. We met at college through a club and hit it off, then reconnected a couple of years later. He's always been really kind to me and gives me compliments all the time, and we generally have fun together. We've been quarantining together and have been having a lot of sex, which I love, but it's getting a little weirder, I guess. He sends me a lot of hentai. Is it hentai? 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 Hentai. Hentai. And he says he wants to try things out that are depicted in it, which is fine. But he's also been buying me outfits, which I do appreciate. And they're very much like anime themed. She put all these question marks. Japanese schoolgirl, cat girl costume, et cetera, et cetera. I know he's being more open sexual with me, but it all feels kind of gross. Uh, like he wants me to do all these things because I'm Asian. Anyway, the other night he asked me to act cuter in the bedroom and to speak Japanese to him in bed. I was really offended by this because while I'm Asian, I'm not Japanese. Oh, girl. <laughs> I, 
I'm Taiwanese, but born and raised here in America. I firmly told him no, and the night went on all right, but he was a little quiet afterwards, like I'd scolded him. I don't think he means anything weird by it, but I want to tell him I'm not okay with the things he's been doing. But I also don't want to shame him for being more open sexually with me. I just want to feel like he wants to be intimate with me and not with Asian girl number seven, if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain this uh, to him, though. The fact that he don't even know what you are, <laughs> he just assumes that you speak Japanese. It's just so offensive. <laughs> you know, this this is probably this is not gonna be the politically correct answer, but I, you know, a lot of um, a lot of Asian people come over here and they they try really really hard to assimilate. Mm-hmm. Like they try to let that shit go. I wonder how connected she is to her culture to have even had a conversation with him about her being Taiwanese. You know? Uh, I just feel like even if you ain't connected with your culture, you're still going to make that distinction. Because a lot of Asian people, they don't like when you just assume that they're all Japanese or all Chinese or all Korean. So I feel like at the ba- even at the most basic conversation, I feel like she would have mentioned that she's Taiwanese. Well, it's like that Dave Chappelle joke where he was telling a joke about this guy at an Asian shop uh, and he assumed he was Korean and the dude said, do I look Korean to you? And Dave Chappelle said, yes, yes, motherfucker, to the untrained eye, all y'all motherfuckers look the same. And I had to talk to a, I know a white guy who the first time I heard him speak fluent Japanese, I was like, what the how you fuck, how fucking do that? But it, it 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 wasn't just that he was talking. It it wasn't just that he was using Japanese language. He was he sounded like a Japanese person because his parents were missionaries that went to Japan for his childhood. <laughs> and so when they came back, he knew Japanese. But I was asking him because you can't ask the people that are in the culture. <laughs> but I was asking him, you know. What are the markers of knowing that they look different? Uh, but I did have a kid that was uh, from South um, South Vietnam, and I asked him um, too. But he said that um, a lot of it is based on like skin color. Like Japanese are like the lightest of the culture. So if you have nothing else, and it's a really light person, <clears throat> they're likely Japanese. They they. The colonization over there happened crazy. I might be saying all this shit wrong. So if anybody in who knows, this is just his understanding of it. Uh, he was like then Chinese. And then when you get down to Taiwanese, you're dealing with people that are a lot more red, so to speak. Um, and the, 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 the kid that I met from South Vietnam, he described it by clothing. Um, he was saying the difference between South Vietnam and North Vietnam is that North Vietnam, they feel like they are more accomplished. So they are more, uh, they're aesthetic with their clothes. They try to look the part where South Vietnam is not necessarily that. And he was talking about the different places and stuff. Uh, but I mean, I'm just saying all that. I wonder, I just wonder how, much he actually knew because I mean they do try to 
disconnect. So to untrained eye, yes, no, we we don't know. And if she never tell him I'm Taiwanese, how would he ever know? But for her to have gotten offended by it, I just don't, I just do not believe that they have been dating and she has not mentioned it. Even when they want to assimilate and get away from it, I just don't think that you wouldn't mention that shit at all. Like, I just don't believe that. But but if you treat people like people, like it sounds like he did up until quarantine, you don't think that it's important for you to have to say, I'm Taiwanese. Let me talk about my culture. You don't because a person who's trying to assimilate just want to be seen as an equal. They don't want to have to identify this other shit, especially if they don't connect with their culture like that. I just don't believe that she wouldn't have mentioned it at all. Like, even if she mentioned it, even if she mentioned it, it clearly hadn't been communicated expressly enough for him to understand and know that she's Taiwanese or uh, or maybe this is his kink. Maybe he understands and knows that she's Taiwanese, but his kink is Japanese culture. That, but you can't. <laughs> All of this is making it like, oh, poor guy, he didn't know. Like, no, nigga, no, don't do Listen, that. I'm not, that's why I said my response ain't politically correct. Fuck him. He's a white man who is on some fetishization shit. That's not the fuck that. I don't give a fuck about him. You know what I'm saying? That's white people do that shit all the time. Her being taken by surprise ain't a fucking surprise to me. So what I'm trying to figure out on her side is why the fuck are you surprised? You know white people going white people. But now, if, think... if this white person is white personing and you taken by surprise, what where could you have not been taken by surprise is what I'm processing right now. But there are a lot of like you have black women who date white men who get surprised when they want to do like some slave shit in the bedroom. Like, I didn't he never treated me. I wouldn't I, I never why? Knew, like why? Why did, I don't know why. But that's what we process. That's what I'm processing now. I'm processing why because to me, when you when you started talking to white men on them apps and me and you was talking about it, you said I don't want to feel fetishized straight off. I did. I don't want to be fetishized. Mm -mm. You knew it was a possibility because white men be white men. <laughs> why don't every black person know? And why don't Asian women know? It's this woman particularly. Why don't she know that? This white man at some point may start looking at a stereotypical Asian culture and try to assert that shit onto her. Why don't she know that? I and mean, that's they, a problem. Because white men doing this shit is in our face. <laughs> they they met shit at college it. through a club. So she, she didn't meet him. She met him in an organic way where it was like just dumbing a bunch of probably people from different cultures since it was at college. Uh, so maybe she just didn't think he was that kind of white person. I don't know. I don't know. Because, again, yes, I don't, I specifically do not really do the whole white man thing just because a lot of them do fetishize black. And I don't want to be fetishized. But for somebody who doesn't believe that a lot of them fetishize, like it's a small percentage of white that fetishizes, you're not going to go into a situation and assume he's going to fetishize you because you think that's a small you think that's a small part of their population. I happen to think it's a large part of their population. So it just makes me be like, nah. But as she's experiencing this fetishization, 
she's acting like she didn't know he was capable of this. And maybe she didn't know he was capable of this. But if every white person is capable of it and you know that, you can make sure that they understand what they need to so you don't have this experience. And they made it for a year before this happened. So for well, a year, he hasn't been doing the Kawhi shit. He had none of this to come out in the year that they've been dating. This is just now. I don't know if he just got comfortable enough. I don't know if it's because quarantine and he just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, but for an entire year, he's not been doing this with her. If, if she can go back in time, and so if I'm just sitting in my sitting in the park and an Asian lady appear out of nowhere and be like, hey, I need to understand what I need to do to keep my partner, who is a white man, from fetishizing me at some point in our relationship. What do I need to do? First off, you need to make sure that he understands that you are of the culture you're from, Taiwanese. And you need to help him understand what the fuck Taiwanese culture is and is not. You need to help him understand the difference between all of these other different cultures and yours. And you need to let him know that you are not interested in participating in fetishes that are a part of Asian cultures that are not yours. What is something in Taiwanese culture that could be because everybody got different shit. You heard of Shibari? No. I think that's Japanese shit, but that's the art of tying a motherfucker up. So when you see people tied up with them ropes and hanging from the air and shit, that's Shabari. Uh, it's like the art of tying. You know, what is the Taiwanese version of that? Like, Taiwanese culture got sensual shit. Yeah, but you know? if his kink is kawaii, I don't think that he's gonna switch over to a new kink just because. I like, don't think he know or give a fuck. <laughs> he don't know. You know, he just want his Asian woman to be Asian. <laughs> and <laughs> the only reference he got to Asian is just Japanese, like all of us. All of the shit we look at that's all cute and, and all, that's all Japanese shit. Japanese culture, like, Japanese really delved deep into Western culture after fucking World War II. Because after all them fucking internment camps. Wait, which one? Which World War was that? Where the Japanese internment camps, whichever fucking war where the Japanese got all snatched up in America and threw in internment camps. That's why anime characters are white. Did you know that? That's why they look white. That's why their eyes are the way they are. Mm -hmm. Because after after that time period where America shitted on Japan, um, Pearl Harbor, Japanese wanted to look more favorable to Western culture. And you see that shit in movies. You see that shit in um, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. You got these <clears throat> Japanese loyalists who want to stick with, you know, the old samurai ways. And then you got these other motherfuckers that just want to cater to the Westerners by, you know, buying their weapons and changing their whole how they engage with the world. Like, we Why see that just get a white girl who's into Kauai then? Wouldn't that be more close to what since they're white based characters anyway, wouldn't it? Because there's a lot of women, black women. There, there's a girl on YouTube that she does like uh, hair and stuff, but she's black, married to a, I can't remember, he, he's Asian, because I don't want to fuck up. 
And she's super into like the whole Kawaii shit. So why did I just find a white girl who like Kawaii? Because I don't think I can't believe in this situation that he was looking for somebody based on his fetish. Like you said, he found this person, how he found her, and she's Asian, and he got comfortable at this point to to be like, here's my fetish. And he probably just hoped that she was okay with it. I mean, it's a lot of people out here with fetishes that they never going to bring up to their partner because they think it's too weird to continue with that person. You know, and it's some, and, and you know, I mean, I got some kinks that I like that I never have to have appeased, ever. You I know, cultural-based kinks is always just... Well, I mean, that's what makes it hard. That's what makes this situation difficult because if I don't think people who like those kinks can separate the culture of the person from the kink. I can say you just, I mean, you can't. You just got to do without it. You got to do without it. Like he, he can't have his kink. He got an Asian woman that's not Japanese. There's no way to say that I want to participate in some Japanese culture shit without her feeling like you just doing this because I'm fucking Asian. And it ain't even the right age. It could be, listen, I can show you my journal when I was fucking 11 years old that I was into the art of these things. I'm into Shibari and I'm into this and that and this without saying the Japanese term for it. He probably could have got away with this shit. If he wouldn't have connected so deeply to Japanese culture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but then well, you still you, Japanese. you still you still teetering on a fine line because he, let's say that you know Japanese people be wearing them little animal backpacks. What if he just liked the animal backpack and bought her one? It's possible that she would connect that to Japanese culture. You know, so it's it's a fine line to toe. But he did it wrong if it was a way for to do it. <laughs> if it's a way to do it, he did it wrong. And now, ma'am, you need to get the fuck on. <laughs> he, he's tainted y'all's relationship. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird now. now. <laughs> you gonna you gonna just look at him like this motherfucker just want me to be dressing up like like I'm in from Japan. And all these cultures don't even get along. Japan no, is treating all these other Asian cultures like shit. China too. Korea. Which is why you know, they, they so offended. This is why I I never I just say Asian. I don't ever try to guess because I really don't fucking know. And they do get offended when you call them the wrong thing. Of course. And so I always just say Asian. Because <laughs> I don't know. Until you tell me where you from, where your folks from, Asian. Cause I don't know. Shit, call the goddamn call somebody from Nigeria Kenya. And see what happened to your ass. <laughs> You're going to get cussed out in a whole bunch of clicks. <laughs> That's probably offensive. Probably. If you're from Africa. Dang, what's the name of the language? I can't say it because I think the name of it got a click in it and I can't do it. it. I don't know that it has a click in it, but I can't think of what it is. No, it got a click in it because... Uh, um, Daily Show, Terra Noah, he said it. He did it on the show some, and maybe it don't. I don't know. If you know, let me know. Mozambique, holla at your boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do have somebody that lives in Mozambique. 
It's a gun on Apex Legends named the Mozambique. It's horrible. I don't know why they have it in the game. It makes no sense. It's a handheld shotgun, and it's stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, tell your—is it her husband? Boyfriend. Tell your boyfriend I'm not Japanese. Uh, I feel like you think I'm Japanese. <laughs> I- I'm Taiwanese, and I don't want to do Japanese shit. Um, and it could be because I don't fuck with Japanese culture, but it could be because I don't want you to pretend like your Asian woman is a Japanese woman because that would be offensive to me. So take all of this fetishized bullshit and shove it in your ass. <laughs> and now you can either leave or you can drop the mic so that he don't bring that shit up again. You know, but let me options. Uh, and if you really want to help him out with, you know, some some of his fetish, if you want to meet him halfway, find out what Taiwanese fetishes look like. What does a, uh, you know, introduce him to the intimate component of Taiwanese culture? Or don't have cultural kink. Like, why does she have to go find a cultural kink for him to interchange out this Japanese shit? Like, I just that's how kinks work. I that's how kinks work. Kinks work is if your man one day come in dressed like Batman, you are not Catwoman. You are not interested in being Catwoman, but you know what? You'll meet him halfway and be Catwoman for a little while because that's how kinks work. That's normally how kinks work. You don't run into somebody that got a kink that you you like. It's the cultural for me. It's the cultural part. Like, I just feel like it's very difficult to do that in a way that ain't going to be fucking offensive. Like, I don't want... uh, I just... mm. Again, this is why I don't date white men at all because I'm not going to take the chance that you got a, a fucking fetish about black women because I don't want to be fetishized, period. At well, all. Like a just... Batman Catwoman thing is not based on a culture. Like my sadism, masochism, like any of those other kinks, they're not based on a culture. Like the culture shit is what gets me. Like I can't, it's fucking weird. Well, listen, he could have done this in a different way. He could have started watching um, anime and found a favorite anime and been like, hey, I want to role play Naruto and Hinata or Sasuke and Sakura. Let's role play my favorite characters from a TV show that I like. <laughs> like, he could have done this shit in a different way. You know, this motherfucker came out and said, hey, Asian lady, be Japanese. <laughs> okay, you fucked up, bro. You can't get that now. He fucked up. Yeah. If you're trying to get your woman to participate in some kind of fetish, especially if it's a cultural fetish, you got a high percent chance of failure, okay? Not you many ways to do it. Again. I don't know what's going on with my fucking camera. But them your only ways out of that shit. Alright, you want to move on to viral post? Yeah. Um, yeah what? I was just going to give the... Go. If you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcallartist at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, 
Conversation Con Artists and send it to us that way. Feel free to send us your own Reddit post. Like I said, just make sure you probably take a screen cap because folks be deleting shit. They do be deleting the hell out of that shit. I don't know what the fuck my camera doing, man. It did this shit the other day when I was on air. Okay, there it is. All right, let's do some viral postices. Um, a man walks into a bar, orders a Corona and two hurricanes. Bartender says, that'll be 2020. <laughs> we still in the shit, so we can't laugh. Yeah. Could you imagine you send your son off to Professor X's school thinking he has a better life now and you look on the TV and Juggernaut just threw him into a building? <laughs> my fucking ass off. <laughs> <laughs> you just paid tuition and bro on TV getting all the iron in his blood ripped out by Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this shit's so stupid. I'm trying to see if they got any more replies on this. I've literally always thought about that, dialing up Professor X. Like, I thought my child could run through walls. Why did Magneto just hit her with one, and why is she not in class? <laughs> what else? We're going to give him a safe place. Good. We'll teach him to use his powers. That's great. He'll be a part of a paramilitary team that fights some of the most dangerous supervillains on the planet. Say what now? <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. I ain't gonna keep reading them things. Um, this may be a little bit off, but what are writers' obsessions with pairing older men with sixteen-year-old girls? Like, I feel like almost every supernatural book I read as a teen has some 16-year-old gallivanting around with an old guy. Um, the fact that they choose to disguise themselves as high school students, too. Um, next comment. Are they concerned when they see this man in the same grade five times over a 10-year period, same exact grade, and hasn't aged? And why they wear the same leather jacket? Only one that I know that specifically that they're probably talking about is Twilight. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's others. <laughs> the main post is vampires be 109 years old and be going after 16 year old girls. Oh yeah. Well, they're not gonna find nobody they age. <laughs> like they're not gonna find another unless they get with another vampire. If they dating human people, then it's gonna be somebody that's much younger than them. Period. <laughs> It's just what it is. Even if they got with somebody that was 50, they still 59 years older than that person. But it looked bad. I mean, so the whole thing about vampirism, well, some some versions of it is that you stop you stop aging at the uh, place that the point where you get bitten, right? So if you get bit at 15 and outwardly you look like a 15 year old what are the odds that you going after a, an older woman looking like a teenager like she ain't gonna want no parts of that shit because she's not trying to go to jail you look 15. on the opposite end of that like if you go after grown women looking like a teenager <laughs> they're gonna be like get your ass on what you doing you're too young for me you're yeah. a child 
So I don't know what the alternative would be. Yeah, <clears throat> but definitely not somebody who in our society is uh, illegal to be with if you are a grown person. Definitely not that. Uh, unless you're a vampire in states where the age of consent is 16. But you got to do a considerable amount of research. Not even a considerable amount. A good little simple Google search will tell you what states that is. So cho choose where you move vampires based on that if we got any vampires listening. <laughs> um, um, next, I'm not even going to say that one. Sorry. I asked this lady, could I touch her hair? She said yes. So I ran my finger across her top lip, and that's how the fight got started. Oh my God. That is so <laughs> rude. Disrespectful as fuck. Oh, that's rude as fuck. You know what? Reading this, I feel like this is uh this is correct. Hawaiian punch, the only juice that still be hot with ice in it. <laughs> 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 it's some of my Hawaiian punch that still tastes hot. Yeah. Not entirely kid related, but I had a C-section two weeks ago. I ended up having sex a few days ago. LOL, y'all, can I get pregnant? And it was the worst sex ever. Blood doesn't bother us, but it felt terrible. I knew my body wasn't ready, but we tried it. But anyways, can I get pregnant or is it too soon? I didn't want him wasting money on a plan B because I felt it was unnecessary. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. You just had major sex. Like, a C-section, they fucking cut you open. Like, you're open, open. And they reach in and take a baby out. And you fucking, how many weeks later? That's disgusting. Yeah, that's bad. Damn. One of your favorite R&B singers posted this. My favorite ja R&B singer? Jaheen. <laughs> He's one of my favorites? Yeah. Okay. I was just guessing. I no, guess not. not. <laughs> Did you know Democrats stole your rights and kept you from voting for I years? I that bullshit. Did you know that our ancestors were hanged for the property and land and were sold and told that if we left the Republic and voted for Democratic Party and the KKK would stop hanging our people? Didn't you know that they were all lying then and still to this very day continue to lie and cause confusion and keeping you on medication, a.k.a. Medicare plans? All you need is sunlight. Get your sickly asses up and get in the damn sun and start bathing in it. That's all the medical help you need. Anybody that take medical advice from Jaheen deserve what they get. Yeah. Anybody that take political advice from Jaheen deserve what the fuck they get. It's Jaheen. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> don't. He had, his, he had his moment to shine. I ain't gonna go on it. Ladies, if he nuts in you and you don't want to get pregnant, you gotta let another nigga nut in you so the sperm fight to the death. That's not how that works. Reply. Sometimes I pray for God to take away my ability to read. <laughs> yes, I feel the same. Next post, um, CNN, Bannon indicted. MSNBC, Bannon indicted. 
Fox News. Did Barack Obama use secret code language to activate underground Black Panther cells in Chicago last night? <laughs> oh, they didn't want to say shit about that, boy. They did not. They did not. Uh, y'all will spend $3,000 on a vacation, but that business course for $199 is a risk. It's consulting fee, this consulting fee for $250 ain't worth it. I see why y'all families was on welfare. Damn. Response. Finally, Passport Twitter versus LLC Twitter. Fight! <laughs> I got three more. Um, my mask broke in Walmart and it felt like my dick popped out. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna like I, first of all i don't know when we won't be wearing masks out in public but when we do it's gonna be fucking weird like i feel like we're gonna have all got so accustomed to it because i've gotten out of the car before and forgot to get my mask and before i can like get in the store I, i'm like oh oh god i almost went in without my mask <laughs> and like run back to the car to get that shit like whenever it is that we aren't wearing these things anymore it's gonna you're gonna feel naked out here. Yeah, that's gonna be odd. It's gonna be really odd. Let's see. Um, we rejected men who were going to make us wives for guys who made us single mothers. Men are not trash, but our taste for men is trash. Dear men, we are sorry. Who? Who's sorry? Um, you you are. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Men are trash. You're not sorry. Nope. Are you? Do, do you know the term "pick me"? Yes, she's a pick me. She is definitely a pick me. If you don't know what a pick me is, it's like pick me, pick me, and so you have a dialogue that responds to the people you want to get picked by, and this is one of those. I think she's trolling, but that's what it is. Jada Pinkett and Diddy have mastered the art of speaking at a slow enough pace that everything sounds powerful. But if you really focus, though, nonsense. <laughs> yes. Maybe. That was it. Oh, shit. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We might got a last minute letter. All right. We got Colin. Oh, Jesus. We got Colin on a last minute letter before we move forward. But those were the viral posts, though. Now, as far as Colin goes, episode 248, Meat Week. All right. Yes. What is good, y'all? You're probably already done recording or maybe recording, but I wanted to make sure I got this in for red. This week is Meat Week in the video game Fallout 70 Cents hits this week's pun. I'm also considering sending in one meat-related fact per day for next week's episode. Are Will it legitimately... Not? Will it legitimately be tasty animal meat-related facts, like about steaks and chicken? Or will it be about meat positivity forever? Also, I didn't get a chance to really sit down and write this week because I'm still trying to find some of that Gatorade to try so I can write a review for my letter. Last thing, y'all watch any of that bum-ass convention last night? I sure didn't. NBA playoffs are where it's at. Also, what y'all playing? I've been playing Fortnite a lot with my nephews, and I've actually taken aback at how fun it is. Other than that, my brother and I are about to get into Marvel's Avengers. It looks like it's actually going to be pretty fun. Talk soon, y'all. Colin. Thanks for writing in. Colin, I did not watch any of the convention. I didn't watch the Democrat mm -hmm. or Republican convention. Mm -hmm. um, 
we talked about what we've been playing earlier. I do not like Fortnite at all, uh, but also it's because I haven't been forced to play it any. I kind of play it for a little while, get killed, and be like, fuck this game. <laughs> um, and Marvel's Avengers, are y'all playing that on Xbox? If so, let me know. I'm thinking about fooling with it. Uh, Cliff said it's pretty good, and I like Marvel, so, you know, why not? Need something to play with my group of peoples. Uh, now, I don't really, I'm not bothered by whatever facts you bring about the meat, but I'm going to tell y'all something that I just bought. I bought a sous vide cooking probe. Have you ever heard of that? Of course not. So it's this stick-like thing, and it's pretty wide. It's like, um, I can't think of something that is as wide as, but it's just a cooking probe. Like, think of your biggest bottle of conditioner you got. It's shaped like that. Um, and it comes with this bin. And what you do is you fill the bin up with water, you vacuum seal the meat, and then you put the cooking probe in it, let it warm up to the temperature, and then you drop it in. So if you want your steak at medium rare, you're going to do a temperature of 135. You drop the steak in there, and it cooks it until it's 135, and then it just makes the meat delicious. This is how a lot of you are like the best, best, best steakhouses prepare their meat. They cook it sous vide, and then they like high temp sear it on the on – the, um, on the grill top. And if you know anything about steak, when you cook steak on the stove, you have to let it sit for 10 minutes afterwards. If you don't know why, the reason is because you just literally shocked the hell out of that meat. You know, and so the same thing that happened to you when you get shocked, where all your muscles like tense up, that's the exact same thing that happened with a piece of steak. And so you have to allow, after you shock it like that, you have to allow all those muscles to relax again. Um, you don't have to have that with sous vide, but I will be eating my first sous vide real by hopefully before the next show, and I'll give y'all some report back about that style. But looking forward to those facts, Colin. Um, I stopped playing Fallout 76 long ago because it was stupid. Uh, it wasn't like all the other Fallout games, and I didn't realize how significant in Fallout, uh, I love them before this one that you can find a random chest somewhere and put all of your shit in it. Because the fact that you got to log in like to the online system of Fallout 76, you can't store all of your shit. You got to get rid of it. And you, it was like some little... The things that you used to carry that were little parts to things that had weight on them, you eventually have so many that you can't carry weapons and shit. It was so irritating trying to figure that out. Like I just ended up having to keep going back and forth, moving shit, and, shit, and it, it's just irritating to me. So, I start playing it. If you tell me it's better, I'll probably download it again because I really like Fallout. I just hate how this one was in the system that came along with it. But, that being said, what you got, Red? I, I hijacked that a whole response. Uh, story-wise, you No, I hijacked the whole response to his letter. I don't really have a response other than I'm not looking forward to the meat puns but whatever they are coming yeah what you got story wise i just briefly want to touch on this meg the stallion stuff 
So Meg finally named Tory Lanez as the person that shot her. And, you know, everybody's had an opinion about it or whatever. My issue in the video where she was talking about it was him. She talked about how she had been protecting him. She protected him the day that it happened by not telling the police. And she also mentioned that she, another reason she didn't tell the police is because she was scared. If she told them there was a gun in the car with the way that black people have been getting murdered by the police, that, you know, some bad shit would have happened. But even after that, she didn't say anything because she she was trying to protect him. And I just want to talk to black women for a second. Why? Why would you feel the need to protect the motherfucker who shot you in both of your feet? For why? That's not your responsibility at the point. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Okay, we'll probably never know what truly led to this shooting. Regardless of what it was, nothing that Meg did deserve for her to be shot in both her fucking feet. Um, and this whole, I was protecting him shit, like, I don't get that shit, like, at all. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and we have seen time and time again how there have been incidents where Black men do not protect us. And I'm not saying uh, it's like an eye for an eye shit, but when people do fucked up shit to you, I'm not protecting, I protect you for what? You did something fucked up. You deserve whatever the fuck it is. You get behind that shit. Like, and I don't remember who it was I saw that posted this. Uh, as far as the whole no snitching thing, gangster ass niggas will tell you that no snitching is something that is deemed for gangster ass niggas. I don't think it's something that regular folk are upheld to. If you in that kind of a lifestyle, then you, you know, you're a part of that culture of no snitching. But outside of that, you ain't no fucking, no, we took, have taken it upon ourselves to do that. But the expectation of no snitching is, is for a specific population of people. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, if you're somebody that has an inkling to defend Tory Lanez or to generally be critical of Meg Thee Stallion, then uh, fuck you, number one, because there is no, like, zero justification Mm-mm. for shooting at anybody nope. outside of self-defense. If you ain't defending yourself, and that's only because it's America. I don't even like the self-defense shit. You know, um, because when you tell people they can do something, they do it aggressively. And so what we have in America is a whole bunch of cases of people saying that it's self-defense, but they end up just shooting a motherfucker to shoot them. Um, so, I mean, no justification. It don't even matter what Meg Thee Stallion would have did if she did something. She said she did nothing, and Tory Lanez ain't said shit. So I believe Meg Thee Stallion... Also, I don't trust a nigga that would shoot somebody for what seems like no reason, or even if he feels like the reason was justified and I feel like there's no reason to shoot him. So I would still believe Max Stallion because his behavior was too unreasonable to leave that he had some, there was some reasonable way or reasonable experience about that. So, whatever. 
Like I said, my only issue is the whole her protecting him. But you do not owe motherfuckers who would do fucked up shit to you anything. You don't owe them loyalty. You don't owe them your silence. You don't owe them any of that shit. Like, we got to stop doing that shit. Like, when somebody fuck up, they fucked up. And whatever the consequences that come from their fuck up, that's on them. You're not responsible for that shit. So if that nigga go to jail behind beating you, guess what? That was his fucking fault. Because he should have kept his goddamn hands to himself. You do not owe them anything. And we got to stop that fucking mentality of, you, you don't owe you shit. You shot me. Fuck you. I hope you get locked up. And you little, so I hope some bad shit happened to you when you in there. How about that? Fuck you. Well, you know, I don't expect you to. You don't have much sympathy or empathy for things. Well, I mean, that makes me sound like a horrible person. I do have sympathy and empathy for specific things. You can have sympathy and empathy and be a good person. (laughs) You're just a good person with no fucking sympathy and empathy. (laughs) You know you can can do good shit without caring about it. there's There's reasons that we do good shit outside of getting noticed for it and having a good old feeling about it. I mean, I care about certain shit, but there are a lot of shit I don't care about. I don't have empathy for. And this I'm is empathy. I'm empathy, sympathy, compromise, and I'm a therapist. <laughs> I mean, I can at least pretend to be sympathetic and empathetic to shit. <laughs> and I do. You know why? Because I'm giving back to the community. And I do as well. And it's my skill set to do so. Yep. So, you you know, now I don't want you to sound like I'm saying... That you're a terrible person because I said that. I have but. empathy and sympathy for certain shit. Not a lot of shit, though. My empathy and sympathy meter goes is low. <laughs> yeah. It's low. Uh, does the term, the, the location Kenosha, Wisconsin mean anything to you? Oh, I'm so tired of this. Jacob Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a black man that got shot by the police on Sunday in the back. Um, going to his car. Going to his car. He's paralyzed. And if you watch that video, man, the leisurely stroll that he took to his front door, just, they could have done so many other things. But if you notice, they were in, we're going to shoot your ass mode. And so they was doing this little arm out with the pistol shuffle. Any of them could have put their gun up and tackled him. They tackle white people. They do. They tackle white people all the goddamn time. But the officer was close enough to have his arm on this man's shoulder and followed him that close until he opened the van and then started shooting. You know, I didn't want to really just delve on this too deeply, but this is uh this is America still. She ain't no different. He lied. He lived. I mean, he paralyzed, but he's alive. That's the only difference. In a lot of these cases, because usually motherfuckers die. Yeah, he got shot seven times. I mean, he theoretically should be dead. He should be. Close range. Yeah. I hope he survives fully, but he's paralyzed now. That's so fucked up. It's so exhausting. 
Yeah, but that's all I got. Just, just know that I don't know if y'all thought that this shit was supposed to be fixed or something, but it's a lot of work for y'all. This, there's, there's a bunch of systems that got to be dismantled, and we ain't started yet. What you got? Oh, I didn't. I knew the show was going to be short, so I didn't bring a lot of. Stories. Yeah. Okay. So I can't think of what else went on on this week. Uh, DeJoy says he won't restore mail sorting machines, even though he's also saying that he believes the post office can handle all of the mail that's coming in. Um, so the postal uh, postmaster who is over the postal service, one, he has vested interest in other postal places. Amazon and some other place. Uh, he said he doesn't have any in Amazon in this latest hearing, so maybe he dumped all of his shit so he could say that. Or maybe he's lying. Or maybe he never did and, you know, they were misinformed about it. But either way, he is responsible for making sure mail get out to people. And what the post office has been reporting, reporting is that machines have been being taken out, postal, them blue boxes have been taped up and locked up, can't use those, and they are doing things to actively make sending mail harder. And they blame coronavirus, but coronavirus mail was fine up until fucking the middle of June. Then shit started going crazy. And so he get in here and he's like, well, it ain't my fault. Whoever came before me is the one that activated all these changes. And the senator kept saying, well, can you name that person before you that did it? And he was like, I can't name that person because it was, a, and he just dancing around it, and it's clearly he got frustrated. He started responding in unfavorable ways to him. He finna get his fucking ass sent to jail if he keep fucking around. Either way, uh, the last thing I'm gonna leave y'all with is: Do you know how complicated it is to um, do voter fraud? No, I, I mean I would imagine that it would be difficult. First off, you've got to put in the uh, Secretary of State website that you you need a absentee ballot. You've got to get that absentee ballot in the mail that comes with a um, prepaid envelope in it to put your shit in to send it back. Then you have to have uh, uh, fill out that ballot and sign your signature. And then you have to have either a notary or two people sign that name. And then you have to send it back. So in order to do that fraudulently, you got to figure out how to get this mail sent to their house. You got to wait outside of their mailbox and get that piece of mail. You have to figure out how to sign in their name. Um, you have to get two people to lie and say that they witnessed you sign somebody's name that ain't yours and or figure out how to pretend to be that person in front of a notary to, to uh, stamp your shit and then send it back. Like, that's preposterous to me. And the fact that the Republican Party is eating up Donald Trump's rhetoric on voter fraud is insulting to somebody that has some intelligence to their intelligence. Um, but that being said, that's that's all I got pretty much. Um, um, you got anything else? On your mind? I do not. All right. Well, 
Until we turn the next conversation. We out. Holla. Thank you.